0: Welcome to the Next Talk Podcast, where we share real stories and practical advice for parenting the digital world.
1: We're your hosts, Mandy and Kim. Mandy is an award-winning author and the founder of Next Talk, and I'm the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization created to strengthen families through open communication. You can check out all of our resources at nexttalk.org.
0: We're wives, moms, and friends tackling culturally relevant topics from a Christian perspective. We're sharing what we've learned and where we've failed. We're so glad you're here for this conversation. So we were recently at an event out of state, outside of Texas, and we got asked this question. How do you handle when your child lies to you? Are there consequences? And if so, what You get a slap. (laughs) That is child (laughs) abuse, Kim. (laughs) No, you know, know, and what's so weird is that this happened a couple weeks ago. And since then, I have been reached out to on Facebook about this question. Same thing, kind of a little bit of a different scenario, but it's that sneaky lying behavior, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. And then I was at an event last night and got asked this question again. So we need to do a podcast. That's a god, like hello. You can't slap your kid. You got to deal with this in a very different way.
1: Well, I think it happens a lot with the internet. And I think with all the online pull that kids are facing, sneaking around and trying to get to things is just common. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. I think you're right, Kim. And, you know, first I want to share what I initially just said, you know, at the event on the spot when somebody asked me this. So here's the thing. Lying is one of those really big deals in our home. I do not take this lightly because I I expect my kid to make mistakes, but I don't expect them to lie to me and to create this like double life sort of thing. Um, Because when that happens, there's a literal breakdown in communication. So in my mind, you know, we have a plate and it has been broken in half and it needs to be glued back Mm -hmm. together. And so, and, and that doesn't happen with a mistake. So what I mean by that is, you know, if, if your kid is watching porn because they're curious or they shared a nude in a moment of weakness, or, you know, they, they commented something really bad on social media and they, they are convicted about that and they tell you about it. To me, the plate is intact because they're being honest with you and they're coming to you and it's not the end of the world. Like they're kids, they're, there's gonna be mistakes. Let me walk you through that. But if you're doing all that in secret, and you're living a double life and hiding it from me that's a broken plate that's a broken relationship there there's a bigger problem here than just the issue of what your mistake is so here's the thing the the follow up of this question is is there a consequence for lying you know in my home there's always a consequence for lying there there's always going to be a consequence for not trusting me with something um and and here's how that may go down You have to be careful with how you discipline kids these days. And I say this because I see this a lot. I think I see it a lot because we don't really realize what we're doing. So let me explain this scenario to you. A lot of times I will hear parents say, you've lost your phone for a month. I don't do that in my home. Here's what I say instead. You've lost your phone for a month when you're at home. So when you walk in the door from school, you're going to drop your phone on the mud bench and there's going to be no phone and no screens in the evenings. You're not going to have the Xbox. You're not going to have the iPad. We can watch family TV together or whatever. Um, If you need to be on a computer for homework, you know, you can be, but that's it. Why do I do that? Here's why. Because when we take away their phone while they're at school, it creates a really good environment for them to go to school And get on their friend's phone and create a different social media account that you're not aware of. It almost creates an environment where we're teaching them to be sneaky and lying to us. And so I think we need to be really careful about how we're disciplining our kids because we don't really think about the access that they have everywhere else. And so in my home, when I do that consequence of taking away the phone, it's when you come home at night. So that way you still have your phone during the day. I can still communicate with you. And, and honestly, then your kid is more likely to be on their phone than a friend's phone. And you have parental control set up and you're monitoring that phone and you're doing random phone checks. So you have a little bit more, I hate to, word, to use the word control, but you know what I mean? You have a little bit more insight as to what's happening on a phone versus creating an environment where I'm taking this away from you. Then they're going to go to school or youth group or somewhere like like that and use somebody else's phone.
1: I'm really glad that you set that up because I think a lot of times we go right to their currency and we say something that is not only um hard to do for us as a parent, like your kid not having their phone for thirty days and to actually uphold that, but also, if they're already struggling with being sneaky, and like you said, they go to school and they have the opportunity to log into someone else's phone. That's not the time to create a situation where they can be even sneakier. What you're saying is much more doable and I think much more effective.
0: Well, and we just don't think about it because we think they lied to us. We have a Mm -hmm. consequence. And like you said, it's their currency. They love their phone. So we just take away the phone. But we don't really think about so what kind of environment does that mean at school with them not having a phone and everybody else having a phone? Like, what is that? What kind of temptations are there? And they're already mad at us for taking away their phone. So they're like, screw mom and dad. Screw it. I'm going to create a a fake account. They don't even know it. And now they can't even monitor it. I mean, it just sets up a perfect environment uh, for the breakdown of the relationship,
1: which is already a cracked plate because they're lying to you. I just talked to a mom yesterday who her daughter came home and she told her daughter, hey, could you text so and so, it was something about a ride. And she was like, Well, no, because she's using a burner phone because her parents took her phone away. And she just said it very nonchalantly because it's so common. I was talking
0: to a school administrator one time and he said, You know, I had to bust a, a kid because he would open up his locker and it was like a pop up
1: shop. These,
0: <laughs> all, all these phones to, for sale because it was, and, and the kid was saying, Parent took your phone away not getting a phone yet. I got you covered. And you know, the school administrator was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these kids. And over here, I'm dying laughing because I am like, this kid is brilliant. That is the next Steve Jobs. And he he saw a need and a niche and he was like, I'm going to create a business out of it. I mean, Actually, if you think about it and his little (laughs) slogans, your parents take your phone away. I got you covered.
1: (laughs) I'm kind of impressed quite honestly.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that I want to say here too is, yes, there's a consequence. So they've lied to you. There's a consequence. You need to go deeper than that. It needs to be deeper than just, you messed up, a consequence. And I see this a lot. It just gets really like legalistic. And then we never teach a lesson. We just, a consequence. So you got to dig deeper than the consequence. And what I mean by that is your kid needs to feel like you're hurt because this relationship is now broken. There's not a, there's been a breakdown. There has been a breakdown of trust that now has to be repaired and it's going to require some super glue to put these pieces back together. And it's going to be a little bit of work on both parties to get the relationship where it needs to be. Your kid needs to Mm -hmm. feel that. And and that's going to create an environment where the next time when they want to lie to you, instead of them thinking, oh, I'm going to lose my phone, it's going to be like, I'm going to really hurt mom or dad. And then we're going to have to, it's going to take a lot of work to get back to where we need to go. And so maybe I should just be honest with them about what's happening instead of going
1: through the, all of this turmoil of trying to rebuild a relationship. That's so good. It's all about the relationship. And if your kid is not feeling that remorse over the relationship and they just are frustrated about their phone, then we're missing the bigger point. And that is, why is the relationship broken and why are they feeling the need to lie to you? What are the questions and the, the conversations we need to dig into to get to the root of it so it doesn't keep happening too? Like if we're just dealing with the surface of the actual lie, then we never understand why they feel like they need to keep things from us. And that's so important. That's how we move forward in the relationship.
0: Well, and I think this is really important. Like you said, getting getting to the bottom of why did you feel the need to lie to me? And, and, you know, you hear Kim and I say all the time, we have to look in the mirror. This is a, this is a point where you may have to look in the mirror because here's what I'm seeing a lot. And I'm not excusing that your kid lied to you. And this is going to hurt a little bit, parents. I'm not making an excuse for your kids. But a lot of times what I see is, well, mom is so scared of social media. She's never going to give it to me. So why not? Like, why not just go to school and create an, a fake account, you know, a, an account that she doesn't know about on my friend's phone. And they don't see it as, oh my gosh, I'm going behind my mom's. They're looking at you saying, you're so afraid of digital parenting. And they see that in you. They, they can smell mm. it. Like, <laughs> it's bad. They could For see sure. it, right? And so so a lot of times we create this environment where it's easier to lie to us. And oftentimes too, like maybe our reactions are over the top, or maybe we're so dang strict. We're, we're so much about helicoptering and not experiencing the world. And, oh, you can't be exposed to that. You know, it's all that fear-based stuff that we talk about all the time. They feel that. And so they're like, I'm going to go watch that. I'm going to go to a friend's house and I'm going to binge eat that if my parents won't let me have that or whatever. It's that rebellious, mm-hmm. like... She's never going to let me do it, so I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, I was there as
1: a teenager. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I'm really glad you said that about the overreaction and also about the strictness because I see that so much. And sometimes it starts from a young age. They've always been that way. Like, mom will lose her ever-loving mind if I say anything that upsets her. And so then the lying can also become part of protecting mom because they're like, I'm just not going to let her know all the things that I've seen or done or uh, or engaged in, because she gets so upset about it. I don't want to upset mom. She, she can't, can't. She handle can't it. handle it.
0: She, she can't, can't handle it. We do this
1: in our marriages, oh, sure. guys. We do this in our. Oh, he, he he's too
0: stressed right now. He yeah. can't handle this. No, that I think that's just a lie yeah. from Satan. I think it's just a lie from Satan to for us to sweep stuff under the rug and. To make this lying sneakiness like a part of our culture and it doesn't need to be.
1: Well, even unfortunately, media and shows and characters, it's very much a part of what our kids see all day long. I mean, that's just very common. Don't tell dad. Don't, you know, tell my husband that we sneak around. We do whatever we want. I'd say that's more of a common theme than anything else in the shows that your kids are watching. So already you're up against that idea. And then if our reactions are over the top or we're so strict when they're little and they've been under this thumb for years and years and years, and then now they actually have a mind and they realize they can make their own decisions. Oh my gosh, like they're, they're not going to even mess with us. It's just too much work. So I totally see what you mean by that. Like the sneakiness. Um, We got to take it down a notch. We got to be reasonable.
0: Well, and the reason we're bringing this up is because, listen, so you found out your kid's lying to you. Yes, that needs to be addressed. Yes, there needs to be a consequence. But this going deeper part, you have to figure out why they lied to you. So in six months, they're not lying to you about something else. And normally they're lying to you because there's a breakdown of the relationship somewhere. They don't trust you. Maybe you've broadcast their business. And so, you know, if somebody does get drunk at a party, it's just easier to sneak and lie about it than to call you and tell you and trust you with that information because you're going to go ballistic. What are we doing to create the environment? Are we just parenting out of fear and we're, we're sheltering too much? We're trying to bubble wrap. We do all sorts of things as parents and they're all good intentions to protect our kids, but they end up backfiring on us because kids have access to everything now. And so we have to switch our thinking and how we're dealing with some of these, some of these well, things. Well, I think
1: that's kind of what the conversation looks like. You know, we've said many times an apology goes so far. And as you're working to repair the plate and repair the relationship and not a lecture and not when you're in the moment and you're angry or disappointed, but as you're doing these deeper conversations and trying to figure out the source of their lying, I think being really transparent is so important. You know, being able to say to your kid, are my reactions part of the reason why you're not telling me? Like, is it freaking you out when I'm freaking out? Like, tell tell me what's going on. Like, what do you see? Or how does this make you feel? Like, those are all things that you're going to have to get over yourself. And I know that's not a very nice thing to say, but I've, I've had to say it to myself. I've had to look in the mirror and say, get over yourself and your pride. And be transparent with your kid, because ultimately the most important thing is getting that relationship repaired. So I'm willing to do whatever. Absolutely. Well, and I think as you dig deeper into this, Kim, and we're, we're
0: talking about this look in the mirror, trying to repair what's broken, I think you have to also ask yourself this question. Have you created a culture in your home where lying is unacceptable? And I think for many of us, we let little lies go. And so kids kind of get confused about it. So, so here's, I mean, little things really mm. do matter. If Amazon is dropping off a bunch of packages and you're hiding them from your husband before they get home and you're asking your kids to help you do that, I know that's just a little mm-hmm. thing, but you're creating a culture where you're telling your kid, it's okay that we lie to each other. I love Proverbs 12, 22. It says the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Mm. You know, lying is a sin. We need to be trustworthy, but we can't lie our way out of things. We can't, we can't make up things. We can't. Lie to our loved ones. We, we have to be trustworthy. Like people have to know that our word matters and that we're not living a double life or in that we are who we say we are.
1: And this is hard because I think you identified really well that we do it sometimes unintentionally create this environment for our kids. With the, with the amazon, amazon. packages
0: cuz you relate do you relate <laughs> did, to that. Yeah. I did not
1: relate to that one. Charles, are you listening? Are you <laughs> listening? Just, this is why you were over budget to Charles. last Charles. <laughs> no, I'm joking. see those oh new God. leggings? <laughs> Charles. <laughs> oh my Charles listen gosh. to the show. No, but I am going an to tell I'm, I I'm, I am going to tell on myself. I do not hide the amazon But, but it is
0: little things, right? That it's the being there.
1: late. That's what it was for me. And, and anybody who knows me is like, yes Kim, you are always late. But my kids would hear me say like I'm 5 minutes away when I'd be like 10 minutes away. Yes. And I Oh, Kim and they, they called did. you out on and it. And this was like when they were little, you know, it's super sweet and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this really does matter." And so it was, you know, one of those things okay. that seems little and then you realize, "Okay, they're really watching. They and, and it does matter." And so I do want to say here it starts young in creating that culture and 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 pointing out to them how important it is to be honest. But I do think when they're little, sometimes they get confused. And so sometimes giving them language and scenarios is helpful. And this is something that worked in my house with one of my kids. And it was really transformative for them because when you're in a house with multiple siblings, and maybe this happens in any house, even if you're an only, sometimes you're vying for attention. Okay. That's just the way it is. And I know in our house, we are big on humor. We're big on dancing and we're big on competition. And I started noticing that one of my kids' stories were really over the top. And I was like, hmm. Like being exaggerated? Yes. To the point where it was like straight up lies, like straight up. (laughs) And I was like, um... That didn't it's happen. Just me an Enneagram 3. It's just get Just <laughs> one, one. So, you know, they were little at the time. And at first I was going to go in with the like whole lie thing. And then I was like, let me try a different approach. And I give you this example because it's helped a few other moms who have little ones. I said, hey, you know how when you tell me a story like this, I want you to know how creative it is. And I'm wondering if this is something you came up with to entertain us or if it's a real thing that happened. And they kind of like looked like, oh no, she's on to me. And then there was a little <laughs> hemming and hawing, like, what do I do? And then they said, well, yeah, I, I kind of made it up. And I was like, such a good story. It was so entertaining. It was so great, but it wasn't true. So listen, you can still tell stories like this. You just have to start it with, What if this happened? Or can you imagine if? And then we get to enjoy it and you're not lying anymore. And it like changed their life. Like we hear those stories all the time now, but they needed that little language, like just to tweak it because they're little. I love this, Kim. This is so practical.
0: And then you can go into, this is important because lying is yes. a thin and we don't want to do that. But you're but you're starting off on the practical side, like not shaming them, not telling them they messed up or anything like that. Just pointing out, you can do it differently. Yeah.
1: When they're little, you have to do that a lot. And that, again, sets that tone in your house that they can talk to you about anything. You're not going to lose your mind, but that things like lying are not okay and we're going to address it. You're using the example of little kids. You know, I, as a mom of teens, you know, we
0: see all day long, it, just with my teenagers and the work I do at Next Talk, teenagers living double lives. I mean, I, I just see this all the time. The Instagram account that mom and dad are monitoring, you know, the bio says John three sixteen. I love Jesus, yay, <laughs> you know, and all these like modest clothes. And then there's another Instagram account that mom and dad don't even know exist, And it's like booty pictures Mm -hmm. and, you know, sexualized stuff going on. And it's just bad content. When you see this happening and you're going to see it, parents, if you're a next talk family, your kids are going to be coming to you, telling you this Mm -hmm. all the time about how teenagers are doing this and other kids are doing this. When you see that happening, use it as a teachable moment. This is what I say to my kids. Listen. I feel sorry for that kid because I feel like they can't tell their parents. I want social media. I feel really left out. You don't understand this and this and this is happening. And I've proven myself to you and you still won't give it to me. And so there's a breakdown in the relationship there where the kid feels like they have to lie. And what's really sad is when mom and dad find out, they're going to bring the hammer down because they've lied now. And it's a whole situation. And like, I point that out to my kids so they can see the turmoil that all of that Mm. creates. And then I say to my teenagers, like I've said this to my teenagers, listen, I expect you to make mistakes. So if you're at a party, you have a drink or your friend gets drunk or whatever, call me. If you make a mistake, you are a teenager. Your brain is not developed yet. The, the prefrontal cortex where impulse control and decision making happen is not going to be fully developed until you're in your 20s. So you are going to make stupid impulsive decisions sometimes. That's when you call me the most because I'm there to help you. And, you know, if you've got teenagers on social media, say some big things. You're not going to expose them to anything. You know, say if you are struggling with pornography, if you are, you know, whatever it is, throw out some of these big mistakes and say, we'll get through it. Like, I just don't want you living the double life because the double life thing, that's going to take a long time to repair our relationship. Um, And sometimes, too, with my teenagers, I use mom and dad as an example, You know, like if my husband is lying to me about something, whether it's little or big, we're going to have a problem in our marriage. And that's going to create a lot of friction. And a relationship with my kids is the same. Like I expect for you not to lie to me. That is a a huge expectation in our home that we're going to be honest, even when it's hard and even when it's very hurtful to hear, or even when they don't think that I'm going to agree with them. Like if they say, I'm going to do this. Like whatever it is that they may be doing differently than us, they know they can still tell me and they don't have to lie to me about it because I'm going
1: to unconditionally love them no matter what. What I hear a lot, especially from young moms, is I don't want to say the words or I don't want to expose my kids to things because then I'll plant it in their head. And then they'll go thinking about it or looking for it or digging into it. And what we've said all along is, Use age-appropriate terms, but you have to talk to your kids about hard things. And it's the same here with lying. You have to talk to them about the things that are okay to happen in their life. Like you said, the hard things, like, are you struggling with pornography? Whatever it is, you have to present that often and say, hey, if this is happening, I would rather us work on it together than you lie about it. And as Christian parents, we need to throw in there too their faith. We need to be able to say that and not think that by bringing it up or sending them down a path that they'll never recover from. They need to hear that no matter what it is they're struggling with, questioning, curious about, that if they tell us, it's not going to change that we love them. It's not going to change that we're not going to help walk them through. And, And even if we have a difference of opinion, I may feel completely different than you on this issue, but we can still talk about it. I just don't want you to lie to me. I want to know the real you.
0: Well, and I think that's really important, Kim, especially for Christian parents, because we pray for these kids and we want them to know Jesus and we want them to, you know, we want God to speak into their lives and use them mightily, you know, and we just have all these prayers over them. And so sometimes it gets a little scary for us when they may be questioning their faith or going against something that's very biblically sound. And we start freaking out. And, and so that creates an environment where then they won't trust us. And so we do have to kind of check ourselves and, and look in the mirror a little bit there. We have to love them unconditionally no matter what. That creates the environment where they really can be honest with us about how they're feeling and what they're struggling with without judgment. And you have to tell them that. And I I'll tell them that often. Don't just assume that absolutely. they know. Well, and and like what you said with the, I'm scared, I'm going to overexpose them. Listen, I tell parents all the time, if your kid has a phone, you're not going to overexpose your kids. They're already exposed. They're, so say pornography, rip the band-aids off, say it. Now, if they don't have a phone and you do have to be a little bit more careful, if they're younger and they don't have all of that access yet and it's very much more controlled, yes, you have to be careful how much you expose them to. But you still can use these little teachable moments like you were talking about with the exaggerated stories to create an environment where they realize lying is wrong. You're setting that foundation. So you've got a kid that you found out is lying to you. You know, from a practical standpoint, it has to be addressed with a consequence. And on another practical point, you do not give more freedom to a kid who is lying or being sneaky to you. So you do not. So if you're on this verge of, do I get this kid a phone for Christmas, but they're lying and sneaky to me? No, (laughs) you do not. You're not going to give them more freedom if you're having this issue, right? So on a practical point, you have to address the lying with a consequence and you have to talk through that. But I think the bigger point here and the majority of the show that we've talked about is you have to dig deeper than the consequence. You have to figure out why is the plate broken? Why is the relationship broken? What am I doing wrong to contribute to this? Am I doing something in our home that has made my kid feel like they need to lie to me or they need to protect me or they just cannot tell me this? And so that is really important. This next thing and this final thing that I kind of want to wrap up with, and it's not cliche. It sounds cliche, but it's not. Listen, your kid has lied to you. You've listened to this show. We've given you some practical. We told you how to dig deeper. Before you do anything with your kid, I want you to pray. I don't want you to say what Mandy and Kim said and then go apply it to your kids. I don't want you to do any of that yet. We're just giving you ideas of what's worked in our home, right? What I want you to do is pray. Because God sees this situation. God sees why your kid lied and how you're getting ready to respond. And I want you to pray for wisdom because God knows that kid. God knows you. God knows this whole situation. And he is going to be able to give you better wisdom and better advice on how to address this than, than mm-hmm. him or I or exactly. anyone for that matter. So your first step is always to pray through these things. And then these podcasts are just examples. Like, this is how we've handled it. This is what we're learning. You know, maybe it'll give you a snippet of something that maybe will work, but, but your first source is God. And I want you to pray through that because time and time again, when I'm in a situation like this, where I'm like, oh my gosh, my kid did this. Why in the world did my kid <laughs> do this? Right. And I don't know how to address it. And I don't know what I'm going to say or do. Like, as I'm praying through it, like God will just show me. He'll wake me up at 2 a.m. or I'll get up the next morning and my kid'll be say something and it'll trigger something. I'll be like, oh, that's what we need to talk about. That's what we've missed in all this. And so pray through this and pray for wisdom. And and don't flippantly not do that. That's really step one, the most important step in all this.
1: So you're saying it would be better to pray than slap him upside the head? <laughs> <laughs> that's how you
0: <laughs> That's how you started the show. And sister, that is not okay. <laughs> that is, let us be very clear. That is not okay. That is not how you respond to life.
1: Thankfully, prayer is a much better option.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, listening, and sharing our podcast. Because of you, this show is in the top 5% of over 2.9 million
1: podcasts. We have lots of resources for you, from counseling to live events. Or if you have a show idea or a question for our team, visit our website at nexttalk.org. We'd love to hear from you.
0: At Next Talk, we're more than cyber parenting. It's conversations to connect.
1: This podcast is
0: not intended to replace the advice of a trained healthcare or legal professional or to diagnose, treat, or otherwise render expert advice regarding any type of medical, psychological, or legal problem. Listeners are advised to consult a qualified expert for treatment.